0: How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 143 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, hello darkness, my old friend. These are down 0-2 again. So that's fun. Uh, I cannot carry a tune, so hopefully... Uh Hopefully you're not listening to this with headphones. That would be uh, terrible for you guys. Um, So yeah, on today's show, I'm going to be talking about the A's going down 0-2 to the Astros. Uh, I'm going to go over game two a little bit. But I know that uh, on Twitter, I'm apparently the optimistic guy. So I'm going to give you guys a a way that they can win the series still. I know that uh, the chances that, not very high. But there is a way, and it all starts with Game 3. So I'm going to cover Game 3, go over some of that stuff, and then uh, give you my plan for how the A's can still win this series. So uh, before I get into all that stuff, though, please follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So uh, I'm going to start off with a very quick story. Towards the end of Tuesday's game, I I was telling my friend that I'm used to losing in the playoffs. And, you know, I can take that. I just really don't want to lose to this team. So the A's got their work cut out for them, but, you know, there's still a chance. And I'm still, until that last out's recorded, they're still alive. So uh, let's get into game two. Uh, Again, the A's had some chances. They had a total of two-two-blons, which was not great. They gave up uh, two outs on the bases with Piscati trying to advance on a ball that didn't get very far away from Martin Maldonado, and he was to run out at second base. Uh, also he's not a fast runner, so maybe you don't do that. Uh, and then Chris Davis was tagged going to second on a grounder for Matt Olson in which the Astros went, uh, first to, they threw the ball to first for the first out. And then they just tagged him cause, uh, you know, that, that was fun. He just stopped running. Um, and I get that that's a very confusing play because you're like, well, wait, is it a tag play? Uh, just keep running. That's all you gotta do. Just, if you keep running, then whatever happens, happens. But if you give up, then uh, then it's easier to tag you, no matter what happened at first base. And with those two plays, it just feels like they're not as mentally sharp as they should be for these games. Uh, their at-bats aren't terribly inspiring as these games have progressed. Uh, outside of Game 3 last week against the White Sox, the A's haven't been playing inspired baseball if they're losing the game. Um, and I mean, that one took an early inning comeback and, you know, a bunch of walks. So it's not like they were putting bat on ball too often. Uh, I know Chad Pinder had a big hit, but, you know, other than that, not a lot going on there. Um, and I don't know that the Astros are going to be giving out free passes like they're candy on Halloween. It's spooky season. Anyway, I, I just watched John Oliver and that is in my head now. So spooky season, it's here. But my larger point with all that stuff was it's almost as though if they're not winning the game, they already see the writing on the wall and, uh, that's... Not terribly encouraging, and I think that that's where some of the frustration has come from on Twitter with the, uh, with how the A's been playing lately. Um, like, uh, here's one, the ninth inning against Ryan Presley in game two, uh, yesterday. He was struggling to locate his pitches, and Simeon started off with a single. That was great. And then Listella worked him a little bit. He got the count, uh, full. That was great. And then he flew out to George Springer, which, uh, wasn't what you wanted. You wanted two on with nobody out, and, uh, for me, and I know that you know, it's probably not as easy as I'm gonna say that it is, but Tommy Lasorda's got some nice back control. He can keep fouling off pitches, and then eventually, with uh, Ryan Presley not able to locate his pitches, he's gonna walk him, and then Ryan Presley's gonna get even worse, be or way better, uh, because he's got two guys on, nobody out. I think that that's the situation that the A's needed to uh, really get that offense going. And then if you need to pitch hit uh, for Chad Pender, who's been really good, I don't know that I would, but if you wanted to bring in Jake Lamb, that's an opportunity that you have right there. And instead of it going that way in that final inning against Ryan Presley, who was struggling, uh, La Stella flew out and then Chad Pender hit into an, a game-ending double play. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, no momentum is being built in these late innings like the White Sox did against the A's. So uh, that that does not inspire a lot of confidence. But I want to try and get some of that confidence back for you guys here in, you know, the second half of the episode. Um, but I want to go back just a little bit with just a couple of interesting decisions that Bob Melvin has made uh, in, you know, specifically Game 2. Um, I'm not sure either one would have made a big difference, but, you know, from the start, we had Sean Murphy catching Sean Maniah and not Jonah Haim, who has built up a nice rapport with Manaya. I believe they had like an ERA or Maniah had an ERA with Haim of like 285 or something like that in his five starts with him. Uh, not bad, I would say. And uh, in a game where you don't want to necessarily burn out your bullpen because you got three more if you need them, uh, you, I think you want better pitching than you need that one bat in the lineup. Uh, if you're depending on one guy, you're probably not going to be winning many games anyway. And I know that Sean Murphy has been great for the A's in the postseason. He's been uh, he's got a couple of big homers. That's been great. But uh, I think that you need a better pitching performance from Shaimanaya. Um, or the best one that you can offer at least. Would I have done better with behind the dish? I'm not sure. We won't know, but y- you can second guess the, the decision after Manaya went, uh, four and a third innings, gave up four earned runs, you know, that there's, there was some sp- space for him to do a little bit better. Maybe even go deeper. I, I, I'll take the four earned runs. I think if he went six, I'll, I'll take that. Um, or, you know, if he went like five and gave up three, something like that, but, uh, basically a 9 ERA, not going to cut it. And again, I know that Sean Murphy has been hitting the ball very well, and the A's were slated to face a lefty, so obviously you want to have a right-handed batter in there, but uh, Jonah Haim, also a switch hitter. And then you could use Sean Murphy in a big situation if you need to. If the A's were getting hits later on, there would be a big situation for Sean Murphy to get a finch hit. But I mean, all in all, I wasn't necessarily mad at Sean Manaya's line. He's Sean Manaya. This is what he does. Um, they're a tough team, and... And by them, I mean the Astros are a tough team. There are no easy outs in that lineup, except for probably Josh Reddick. Ah, shots fired. Anyways, um, if the A's bats had come to play a little bit more than just the two solo homers, I think that that line would have been fine. You know, if they had gone toe to toe and he had allowed four runs, and but they, he had got four runs of support, it'd be a tie game, and then you got a bullpen game after that. I think the A's would take that. So the A's bats obviously need to show up a lot more than they have been. Um, but I'm not going to talk about them right now. I'm going to talk about one more decision that Bob Melvin made, and that was leaving in Shamanaya for one last batter, which was Martin Maldonado, who homered off of him. He was going batter to batter at that point, and, uh, he, he gave up a dinger, and then they pulled him, reused Mara Petit, and then Petit gave up a home run, and then, uh, that one was to George Springer, because George Springer's a pain in my ass, so, uh. Hopefully he signs somewhere else this offseason and gets paid lots of money to do so. That'd be great. Um, I, 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 George Springer does seem like a decent guy. So other than the cheating, he seems okay. Hot takes today. So anyways, I'm, I'm questioning um, Bob Melvin's decision to leave him in to face the Reddy right in Maldonado. Uh, obviously, if you're going batter to batter with him, that's kind of how it happens. You you wait till he gives up a hit or something and hit, hit happened to be a home run. But I think that in this case, you got to manage... A little bit ahead of the game uh in which case i mean let him face josh reddick because josh reddick is terrible he's a lefty Shamanai is a lefty there you go and then you're bringing in the righty anyway just uh just have petite face Maldonado. maybe they don't score that extra run this game and then it's a two-run game and then that ninth inning could have played out a whole lot different because they had a leadoff single that would have been fun um obviously this is all 2020 hindsight managing so i'm not going to be you Know too critical of this one, it's like, oh, this one didn't work out, and now, ah, oh, why didn't you see this coming? But uh, the eighth philosophy has been trade them a year early as opposed to a year too late, and uh, they haven't adopted that for the bullpen, especially in this game, so that's uh, that's just frustrating as a fan. I know that you can't have 2024 foresight, but Manaya was already teetering, and you we all saw it, he had somebody ready. I think that you got to pull the trigger, uh, you know, in these type of games when y- you. Would really like to win the game as opposed to going down 0-2. Just one more... One more note on splitting up Minaya and Haim, though. Um, It feels like the A's do this a decent amount in the postseason in general, just going away from what got them to the dance. Last round, we saw Hendricks throw 49 pitches in an outing, which is just insane. And uh, Mark Cano was swinging at the first pitch in his first at-bat in in that series against Lucas Giolito. I'm like, no, that's not what you do. You grind at-bats. Why are you swinging at the first pitch? Uh, especially when you don't think that their bullpens very good. Stop swinging at the first pitch. You don't do that anymore. Just grind at bats. That's what this team does the best and that's when they're at their best. Just just do that. And then there's the whole being good thing. They're usually very good in the regular season, and they just stop doing that in the postseason. It's really frustrating, I would say. Um, So coming up, I'm going to be diving into game three and giving you a way that the A's can be good in the postseason and uh, keep those dreams alive and maybe even give you a path to victory for the series. So stay locked in with Locked on A's. I'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Postmates, and I made some changes to the copy. Hopefully they don't mind, but I'm specifying this one for A's fans, so uh, here we go. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., red wine at 9 p.m., red wine at 8 a.m., and red wine at 10 a.m., because your A's keep losing... Postmate it. See, there you go. You don't need sushi or burrito or anything. Just keep getting wine. The A's keep losing. You just deserve it. Just get some wine. Anyways, uh, Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the United States and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the Postmates app for iOS and Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKED ON. That is one word, LOCKED ON, for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download the Postmates app and save with the code LOCKED ON. One word. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. And if you are already subscribed, please tag a minute it and leave a rating and a review for us on wherever you can do that because that, that greatly helps and that's very wonderful and I appreciate those that do. Um, I appreciate all of you guys, actually, so I shouldn't be so judgy. Um, anyways, you can also follow us on uh, social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at By Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any mailbag questions for us, send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. I have a feeling that mailbag is going to get very full if the A's happen to lose a game in one of their next three. Be like, hey, what the hell is going to happen now? Uh, I, I look forward to answering those. Those will be fun. So uh, we got some great content coming up for you guys if things don't go the A's way here. But let's get back on the, on the good news here. Uh, not good news. Let, let, Positive thoughts. Let's do positive thoughts. Let's do that. Uh, After game two, Bob Melvin announced that it's going to be Jesus Luzardo starting game three, which uh, took me a little bit by surprise. I would have probably gone with Frankie Montas. Maybe they're feeling better about him coming out of the bullpen if they need him to, but uh, I'll get into why I don't think I would use him out of the bullpen either. So uh, we're going to get into all that stuff for you guys. Uh, Also, Dusty Baker is going to be throwing Jose Urquidi. I think that's how you say it. Urquidy? Urquidy. That sounds better. Urquidy. Um, Yeah, so they're throwing Jose Urquidy, and uh, that's interesting. They're not using Zach Granke, so that's cool. Uh, we'll get into that as well here in just a minute. But first things first, let's start with Jesus Lizardo. Uh He struggled a little bit in his first postseason game in Game 1 against the White Sox. And probably for the final time of this baseball season, I will say... The White Sox crush lefties. Um, So obviously that start didn't go very well. I think he went uh, three and a third, gave up three earned runs, and then they pulled him. And uh, that that was that for him. And he has not pitched since. So uh, the Astros, by by contrast, have more so even splits against righties and lefties. And uh, they have a lot of right-handed bats, but they hit them kind of the same. So that's cool, I guess. So there's not necessarily a handedness that you could attack this lineup with it. You're like feeling a little bit better about, uh, you know, this one over this one. So that's a plus, as I was saying before, with a why I wanted to face the Astros. Oh boy, that looks foolish now. Anyways, um, but maybe Bob Melvin is thinking that throwing a lefty is a little bit better option for him because varieties were getting hit a little bit around uh, in game one. Mike Miner has been the the... The guy right now, he's been throwing fire out of the bullpen. He's given them uh, three shutout innings so far. So uh, maybe that's something he's looking at. Also, Shamania pitched okay. If, if he didn't give up that last home run, it was okay, I guess. And Luzardo throws a little bit harder. So maybe that's something that they're taking into account. Um, so there's that. I I guess uh, there is one worrisome stat for Luzardo, though, and that is his home and road splits at the Coliseum. He had a 240 ERA this season and anywhere else. He had an 815 ERA. And uh, in his final appearance at Dodger Stadium, he went three innings. He gave up three runs in relief. But uh, I mean, at least he's familiar with the mound. So that's that's a plus. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say everything with a smile and then that'll make it sound like it's more optimistic. I'm not sure how Luzardo is going to do on Wednesday, and he's definitely somebody that's still figuring things out at the big league level. But I also do think that he is—he has enough talent where you can get, throw a stat line away against him, and he can go out there and dominate whoever he wants to on any given day. Um, or at least that's where I think he's headed. I don't know that he's—that he can just turn it on and off at this point because he's, you know, still developing and all that stuff. He's still a rookie, so there's that. Um, so there's. Live, live and die by the Rook, I guess, is kind of the plan for the postseason. So basically, I have blind hope that he's going to get the job done. That's my analysis on Luzardo. A um, couple of other things that I, I'm going to tell you guys about. He has been solid the first time through the lineup, giving up a 205 batting average and a 594 OPS. And a 594 OPS is nothing. That's great. Those are pretty decent numbers. I like them. Uh, so hopefully he can get the A's. Uh At least he can get the Astros off to a slow start. Maybe the A's bats come alive and they score like four runs in the first or something like that. And then uh, then they can put their plan in the motion from there. Um, Those numbers do go uh, south in a hurry or north, I guess, because they go up. they go to 293 batting average against and an 852 OPS the second time through the order. So he's definitely going to have a short leash if he get, starts getting hit around a little bit. Because uh, unlike game one in the wildcard series, uh, this is a winner go home game for the A's. And they're going to need to do whatever they can to stay alive for one more day. So uh, who comes in after him? No idea. I mean, the obvious answer would be Frankie Montas, but uh, I don't think that it should be him. And I'll get into that here in just a minute. But uh, first, I'm going to go over Astro starter Jose Urquidy. Urquidy, he pitched well against the A's in his lone start against them this season with a line of six innings pitched, two hits, two earned runs, three walks, and a strikeout. Uh, Matt Olson took him deep in the sixth of that game. And the absolute key for the A's in facing Urquidy will be working his pitch count. Obviously, I've been saying get into the bullpen. That's how you do things. The Astros bullpen's been good, but uh, there's some other things at play there. So uh, work Urquidy's pitch count, and here is why. He's going to be on a short leash, obviously. So uh, you might be able to see some other pitchers other than Enole Paredes and uh, Ryan Presley. But if he does start to falter a little bit early, they're probably going to go with somebody who can give them some length. Maybe that's Christian Javier, who the A's have hit in the past. Um, so that that's another option. They're going to have to use some of those bullpen arms that I don't think that they want to use if he goes short in this game. And I think that there are plenty of reasons why he could have a very short outing for the Astros. Arkady uh, has been great through his first 25 pitches, which... I mean, if you're doing it right, it's like two innings, maybe, maybe an inning and a half. Uh, And he's been holding the opposing batters to a 042 batting average in his first 25 pitches. So he's really good for that first 25. That goes up to 235 average against in the pitches 25 through 50 and up again to 310. Opponents are batting 310 against him in pitches 51 through 75. Uh, He's not going to pitch much further than that, I would imagine. So, uh. Maybe, I think they're hoping for five innings out of them, and then you can do whatever you want to with the bullpen. But if they can get them to, you know, 60 pitches after three, then I think the A's might be in business. So work his pitch count. Foul pitches off. That's what you got to do. And they're going to have to do it from the very beginning of the game, too, because uh, this is win, win or go home. I mean, that that's the reality of the situation right now and uh I know that the Astros probably know all of this stuff about their own pitcher so they're probably planning on him going or they're hoping for him to give them like three or four innings and uh then they go with whatever their plan is after that so they're probably going to be they they probably have another starter type guy somebody who can give them two three innings uh ready to go in the bullpen they know that they're going to be ready to go but uh as we saw in game three against the White Sox If you get somebody off their plan, all of a sudden they're going to start making some moves. Dusty Baker, season manager. But he is known for his postseason gaffes. And uh, if they can get a dusty gaff in Game 3, all of a sudden we got a series, you guys. So uh, I think that that's that's a hope that we got to go with. And uh, if Lizardo can shut him down a little bit, keep the A's in it. As long as he's not giving up more runs than the A's are scoring. So if the A's score six and he gives up like four, cool, Whatever. But if the A score is 0 and he gives up 10, that's also terrible. So just keep it close. That's all I'm asking for. Keep it close. Let the offense do their job because they're going to need to do it at some point. So let this be an offense game if you need it to be. And just one more note on Arkady, even though I don't expect him to be going too deep into the game. uh, He tends to get hit around the second time through the order with a 325 batting average against and an 886 OPS. Uh, Obviously, those are great numbers that you hope to see come to fruition in uh, in Wednesday's game. Uh, so, I mean, that that's the game plan for Wednesday. Get to Rakiti before the Astros can make a move. Blindly hope that Luzardo shoves and just wear down the Astros bullpen uh, moving forward. Hopefully they don't uh they don't have to face any they're good guys my guess is that er- enole paredes is going to be officially unable to pitch in uh in game 3 after he pitched in games 1 and 2 he's been a thorn in the a side this entire season I think he's got, what, five scoreless innings and probably like 50 strikeouts, something like that. Um, he's been really good. Add him to your fantasy teams. Um, also, I will say that I'm not sure that Ryan Presley is going to be available to pitch in today's game, uh, which could leave the A's another opening. I don't know who their backup closer is, but they probably got somebody who throws like a 1,000 uh, miles an hour. Um, at, so at the same time, you know, Dusty Baker is going to probably come with a kitchen sink on Wednesday just because this is their chance to end the series, get rested, go with their best game plan, which is, you know, take it in three. I said that, you know, in the preview pod, the Astros' best chance is to take ending this thing early. If it goes deep, the A's all of a sudden start getting, you know, especially now with them being down 0-2. If they can force a game five, they got some, some momentum, they get their confidence back, and then I like the A's kitchen sink a whole lot better than the Astros kitchen sink. So, uh, so there's that. So I think that the thing that the Astros fear the most right now is going to Game Four, and so maybe we see a bunch of quick hooks on Wednesday like we did with the White Sox and then if one pitcher doesn't have it that opens the door a little bit especially with the three batter minimum you get one one of these rookie bullpen guys that the Astros have and all of a sudden they can't throw uh they can't throw strikes and uh, that's all you need you just need to win the game how by any means necessary i don't care how they do it they could win 16 to 15 I, it doesn't matter to me win the game that's all they got to do just do one better than the Astros is all I'm really hoping for. And if the a's do get that win, then we're going to be getting into that part of the series where Houston doesn't necessarily trust their bullpen as much. Uh, they still have Zach Cranky laying in wait, but he's been hittable for the last month and he doesn't really scare me right now. Uh, maybe he's hurt or you know, I, said, I think they said that he was feeling ill, but it's weird that he hasn't pitched at all. And that he would be sick for this long and whatever. Um, so if grinky does pitch, he's not necessarily the shutdown scary force that he has been in recent years. And, you know, maybe they can scratch out a win against him, too. And uh, so with all of this, this leads me to how the A's can still win the series. A lot of this blueprint relies on getting five innings from the starters, which we know Luzardo is going to be going game three. I would have to say Montas is slotted in for game four. But if Luzardo struggles, you're probably going to want to bring in Montas to save the season. But... At the same time, that leaves Mike Fires as your only real starting pitcher that would be available. Um, and I don't like that situation for game four either. Uh, I mean, obviously, you got to make it to game four before you start planning for it. So there's that. Um, maybe they just go Mike Minor for a couple of innings and then bullpen it. But then what are you going to do on for game five? I know you're planning ahead, but... uh, So they really need their starters to go at least five and save the bullpen a little bit so that they can get both Luzardo and Montas starts, and then that sets you up for a kitchen sink game five game. I'm okay with that. Uh, So we're going to need to see Luzardo give them some length. Uh, Not a ton, but, I mean, just enough where he's not getting yanked in the third or the fourth or something like that. So that's, uh, that's part one of the game plan. If there's a game four, Montas gets the start, and hopefully you can trust him to give you five or six maybe, and then i go with your main bullpen guys to lock that one down. In game five, again, kitchen sink. You're throwing everybody, and I don't care for how long. It does not matter. You just got to make it to, uh, you know, the ALCS at that point. So uh, they could go Bassett for two innings, Miner for two innings, and then figure it out on... Who else is going to pitch, depending on who's pitched in the last couple of games? Um, so there's there's all that stuff. They would have momentum on their side with two wins in elimination games. And Houston would either be going with Granke, if they haven't thrown him already. McCullers for a couple of innings, who they've already hit. Christian Javier, who they've already hit. Uh, or just a bullpen game, which would be so much fun. I want to see a bullpen, a bullpen game like that. Give me Cy si Snead in a winner go home game, and I'll I'll like my chances just fine. So uh, that that's the blueprint right there. You got to get a little bit more depth out of your starting pitchers. And then use your good relievers and not your bad relievers. That's that's the blueprint right there. But obviously, first things first, the A's have to win today's game. You gotta grind those at-bats from the get-go, work a pitch count, and then face the bullpen that might not have Presley and Anole Paredes ready to go. So uh, there's all that. And last thing before I get out of here, not for nothing, the earlier start time does mean the Shadows may not come into play later in the game, uh, which could be a bonus for the A's, because... Houston has a bunch of hard-throwing guys in their bullpen, and so it's almost like a built-in advantage for the Astros in that case. So without that, maybe the A's can catch up to some heaters. That'd be fun. Uh, Also, the weather in Los Angeles is supposed to be roughly 10 degrees cooler than it has been the last couple of days, so the ball may not travel quite as much maybe that comes into play and helps the A's as well. I know that the A's offense is also built on power and all that stuff, but uh, Chad Pinders almost left the, the whole concourse, so I don't think that that home run would have been affected by a few degrees difference in temperature. Um, so yeah, we'll see if that comes into play as well. Um, maybe instead of you know one of these wall-scraping Astros home runs, maybe it gets to the wall and then L'Oreal robs a homer and that ignites the whole offense, gets him going, that would be, that, that could be something. We'll see. Um, but Anyways, that's going to be it for me today, you guys. Uh, we got a big game three coming up for today. Hopefully they win so that I don't have to be all sad tomorrow. That would be wonderful. But uh, I'm going to still be doing five days a week until the winter meetings, I believe. So I... keep staying locked in with Lockdown A's. Subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media. You can find out when they come out and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get some sleep and uh, get ready for this game. So, until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. Let's get a win. Let's keep our season alive. And then I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.